0: Welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Asia Bonilla.
1: And I'm the other host, Charles Sheland. We're back this week, continuing with our new series, The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel, and today we're discussing the second half of the first book, The Alchemist. Specifically today, we'll be covering chapters 22 through 41, which means that we have wrapped up another book.
0: For anyone who is new to the show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends and we're reading and rereading young adult literature from our childhood and adolescence and sharing these books with each other. We're currently on a series that Charles has read before when I was reading Percy Jackson. So I'm definitely getting some new insights into my best friend, kind of finding out what he was reading a decade ago.
1: Okay, that sounds a little more nefarious than I'd like, but I actually was looking for the horror and the scariness that you mentioned last week, and I did start to see that. And I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get there. But Asia, could you go ahead and give us a summary of the reading?
0: Sure. Here we go. Second half of The Alchemist. We start with Hecate, awakening Sophie's auric powers, but during the awakening, Dee, Bastet, and the Morrigan attack the Shadow Realm. There's a really huge battle, and our crew of four escapes, but Dee uses Excalibur to kill the World Tree, which kills Hecate, and her Shadow Realm dissolves. Our group of four then travels south to Ojai, California, to meet with another elder the witch of endor she helps to train sophie in the magic of air and learn to control her super powerful senses d eventually catches up with the crew and shows some really powerful necromancy but our crew escapes through a legate mirror to get to paris so now they're in europe and d is stuck in the u.s and paranell has been imprisoned on alcatraz with a sphinx guarding her so i'll just get into my quick impressions of the reading and my big takeaway is that i don't like josh i don't like his character and i understand that he's jealous of sophie because her powers were awakened but his weren't and he also doesn't fully trust flamel with everything that's happened which is also kind of understandable but throughout the second half of the book he's tempted a lot by d to work with him and the bad people basically and I just don't understand how he could ever consider working with D, And specifically, one of his last lines at the end of the book had me fuming when I was reading it. But I'll get into that a little bit later.
1: Yeah. Uh, w- I think we can save Josh for later. But I can tell you right now that your frustrations with Josh will continue. And they'll probably carry through the whole series. I think that particularly book four, but I could be wrong, is when you're going to get real mad at Josh. But we'll save Josh for the end because we get a lot of Josh in this chapter, in this section anyway. Like, most of the story feels like it's from his perspective. But what for me, my quick impression is that, like, when I'm reading the book, there's actually not that much plot per se. It's a lot of description, a lot of world building, and a lot of Mm -hmm. background, which I actually really enjoy. But when I think about, like, actual events that's not they're not that many of them and when you actually read the chapters divided by days and we've only had like a day and a half since the first like since the book started so it makes sense that plot wise like not that many actual concrete things can happen but we're filled up like a whole book in a day and a half and you'll notice that throughout the rest of the books like i think the whole series takes place in over the span of like a week and a half Mm -hmm. i might be remembering that wrong but
0: you're we saying the whole span of the six series? Books. The whole. Well, I was. We had. Didn't really put this in the outline or anything, but I did notice this whole book only took two days.
1: Mm hmm. I so think the, the whole, whole series is
0: going to be within a week? That's crazy.
1: I might be completely wrong. And again, book six kind of throws a wrench in everything. So I can't quite remember, but it does. It happens pretty quickly. So it makes sense at plot point. Like we had. The attack on the bookshop. Then we had fleeing to Scaddy, Then we had going to the Shadow Realm, battle at the Shadow Realm. Oh hi, leave. Like that's actually not that many disparate events. So it makes sense that there aren't that many plot points. But when I write the summary, I'm like, there's not that much that's happened. But yeah. Anyway, that something that I didn't notice as a kid when I was reading it the first time. I was like, oh my god, so much magic. But you know, now I'm like, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I think we can just go ahead and jump into it. One of the first things we get is a conversation between Sophie and Josh. And right off the bat, Sophie is pretty much that she trusts Flamel and Josh does not.
1: Yeah. And like I said, I think that we're going to keep going. This will continue on. And I think that it might have helped if he'd been awakened. But obviously the circumstances don't allow that. So he feels really cleaved off from his twin And as we have already started to talk about, that's just only going to get worse throughout the book.
0: Yeah. So Flamel is able to convince Hakate to awaken them, but she only gets to do Sophie before the big battle occurs. And the bad guys bring a whole bunch of cats and birds. And I just wrote down this... My notes that I felt like this what this scene was a mix of Charles's best dream and worst nightmare because he obviously loves cats. But as we talked about in last episode, he is afraid of birds. So I thought that was funny.
1: Not afraid of birds, but I that was definitely not what I thought when we got to that section. Yes, I would absolutely love to snuggle all those cats. I love cats so much, but it actually reminded me of last episode because the way the birdmen and the cat men are described is really terrifying. And it reminded me of last week when you were like, there's like horror vibes to this book. And I was like, the way they describe the bat and the human and cat things like that was really gross. And I was like, that's actually really scary.
0: Yes. I told you it was this whole book and I'm sure the rest of the series, it's definitely on the borders of being horror-esque and like, it's just a lot. I feel like the descriptions of the monsters or creatures whatever it's just definitely a lot scarier especially in comparison to percy jackson like this just seems like if they wanted to like if they made this into some kind of film or tv show that they could take it into of a more chilling dark place than like you could with percy jackson i feel like but maybe that's just me
1: well we'll definitely talk about that later on in the episode but i definitely i agree wait till you get to the sphinx because i if i remember correctly the sphinx plays a pretty big role, at least in the next book, if not both the next two books. And if I remember correctly, her description gets like bone chilling. Gross. Yeah.
0: But at least during that scene, they do have Scatty, who is just killing the cats and birds left and right.
1: Yeah, she's doing an awesome job. But despite her best efforts, the battle is, you know, she's way overpowered. And only Sophie gets awakened and like I said, we were already seeing that relationship being affected the, between the twins. But now that Sophie's awakened, and Perenelle is able to go into her body and, like, do this really magical, like, awesome magic with, like, a silver whip. And she, like, scares Bastet. And what do you think of all of that, Asia?
0: I thought it was super cool. I mean, as soon as she knelt down to that puddle and was like, I know what I'm going to do. I was like, well, she's obviously going to do some cool voodoo magic or whatever with Sophie. But it's just another detail showing us even more how powerful Perenelle is. So I think that'll be nice throughout the series to kind of see where her powers lie since we haven't haven't really been around her that much throughout the book because she's not with the main crew. But her actions with Sophie allow the quartet to get away and... Unfortunately, though, D ultimately wins because he has Excalibur, which is the Sword of Ice and one of the elemental swords, and it turns its enemies into a block of ice. And D kills the Yggdrasil, the World Tree, and Hakate with his Sword of Ice, which I thought was just depressing, you know, to me. It's always sad when you kill a tree, but not just any tree. The World Tree that's been there forever, so... And obviously... Also, the fact that he killed a god, like, wow.
1: Yeah. I wonder if we've got a little bit of a climate change commentary there. Probably. There's probably a little bit. But. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, (laughs) the swords will come back for sure. I think they're really big in book four, if I remember correctly. But the elemental swords, there are four of them. And Excalibur is one. So we'll meet the other ones down the series for sure. But I think that's really worth mentioning that what you just brought up—that D kills an elder—and it's because he's actually much smarter and more intuitive than them. Neither of the dark elders thought about destroying the tree. They just were like, "We're going to fight he- Hecate or Hecate or whatever her name is." They were like, "We're just going to fight her by staring at her with our powers." And he thinks outside of the box. He's like, "Her power is to the tree. I'll destroy the tree, which I can do." And he takes down a god. And even the Morgan is like D. You've been working for us for five hundred years, and I'm still surprised by you. Like D is more than just evil. He's also really, really smart and really powerful.
0: Yeah. Which, for me, going back to one of my questions last episode about D, I had asked about you know since he's been working for all these dark elders, you know, does has he ever thought about the fact that once they use him they'll just toss him aside cuz he's still a human and they don't like humans but it's clear here and a little bit later on he makes a comment about it but he obviously has some kind of plan to make sure he still has a he's will be able to live through this and probably still hold on to a good amount of power because he does seem to be able to outsmart some of these dark elders
1: yeah, he specifically, like you, like I said, this made me think of you, because he specifically mentions later on that the elders think he's disposable, and when they leave, they just like walk away, and they vanish, and he's like, I feel like a child, but he, he clearly has a plan to beat them, or at least to protect himself, so I think that they would be really wrong to underestimate him, or to get on his bad side, because while he works for them now, I think that he is more than anything working for himself.
0: Yeah, And he does necromancy, which is the darkest and most dangerous of all the dark arts. And he uses it to talk to Hakate once she's dead. And we also see him do some really crazy necromancy in Ohio too. So he's clearly very talented with the magical stuff, too.
1: Yeah. And book four in the series. So each of the books are named after a character. And I heard some debate about which characters they were each named after. But I think that book four, the necromancer, is named after D. But I, I would have to look it up. Because I heard some debate. I thought that they were also named after one of the humans, but I can't remember exactly. But I think that D is known like first and foremost as a necromancer, but obviously has a lot of other magical powers too. And we get to OHI, or you know, we're gonna go to OHI Paranel Spirit tells Sophie through Flamel. No, tells Flamel through Sophie to go see the witch, the witch of Endor, who is the mistress of air and she's Scaddy's grandmother. And I just want to quickly tag some elders who got name dropped in the conversation. Um, We don't get any info on them, but we do find out that there are a couple more elders who have the awakening power because that's not every elder. Black Anis, Persephone, Nauticula, Ericto, and the Morrigan. And we don't meet any of those in the series, I don't think. I don't think any of them come back. But I just want to bring them in for world building. But we can actually add Endor to our, And maybe we'll put them into our family tree eventually. But we can add Endor to the family tree because she is Scaddys' grandmother.
0: Yes, and they have to go see her because Sophie's senses are way too high volume. And I know when Sophie was describing how, you know, she could hear everything really well and... All of, everything was turned up really high for me, I was thinking to me, the worst part about all your senses being turned up would be the smells, like just like so many especially like we we live in New York City where there's a lot of nasty smells, like I cannot imagine it being turned up at all it's already too much,
1: yeah, I think so too. I was gonna say New York, Manhattan just like it just smells. It's a city that's going to smell bad. But I think for me, maybe it would the hearing would be the worst. You know this because we live together. But I'm not the greatest at hearing. Like, I have fine hearing. I don't have hearing aids or anything like that. But I don't often, like, understand when people are, like, saying words to me.
0: Well, So, so wouldn't that be good to have it turned up so then you can actually understand what people are saying?
1: Yeah, probably. But it might be really overwhelming, too, to, like, actually be able to hear people. I don't know. But I think that the smells are probably really, like, that would definitely be the most distracting. Yeah. And we do get an answer, Asia, about your questions on vampires, Do you if you want to talk about it.
0: Yes. So we get our explanation that basically a vampire is a next generation who doesn't have any feelings. Scatty explains how blood-drinking vampires are actually the lowest of their kind. And they don't drink blood because they need it. It's because they drink it for the emotions and sensations that are carried in blood because these vampires can't feel anything emotionally. So Scatty actually has the ability to take away Sophie's feelings of pain and fear basically by just, like, touching her. And Josh asks scatty like why would anyone want to feel pain and fear and she responds with to make them feel alive so I feel like that was kind of getting into some existential questions about her life as a vampire she's unable to feel anything how even though she's lived all these millennia her life probably isn't as great as we would think it would be if you're not able to feel any kind of emotion
1: yeah It's definitely tricky. And it's a great foil because we have Sophie feeling way too many feelings at this moment to have Scatty sort of in opposite to her and juxtaposed to her. I want to hear your thoughts on Dora, Asia, because she's the kind of character I love. And I don't think we get a lot of her. I think she does come back maybe in the next book, but I'm not quite sure. But she'll figure into the other books a lot. And you know me, so you know, like, she's totally my kind of character, like the crotchety grandma. But what did you think of her?
0: Well, first, in comparison to Hakate, I just liked how she was pretty willing, like, immediately to help them. Whereas, you know, Hakate was like, why are you here? And kept going back and forth. But so I liked that. So we got a positive character. And then just the fact of how much she really does act like a grandma. Mm Mm-hmm but we find out that she can see possible threads of the future and she can do this because she traded her eyes for mirrors so she doesn't have any eyeballs her eyes are mirrors which another thing that this to me is like very creepy and scary but you yeah. know yeah
1: i mean that is supposed to be scary
0: so but at the same time she seems to be like this sweet grandma old woman but like i can't imagine looking at her but so now she has give she traded her eyes in for the gift of sight And instead of just teaching Sophie about the air magic and everything, she actually wraps Sophie up like a mummy with her auric energy to give her all of her knowledge about the elemental power of air. Which I was also like seemed scary, like something scary to watch, but good because she's helping her, but seems scary.
1: I could definitely see how that would be scary. Like, for me, of course, I was like, wow, so cool. But I can see that actually, like, reading it the first time would be like, that's terrifying. But yes, she has major grandma vibes. Like, she has just enough dementia that she actually knows everything that's going on, but she, like, seems entertaining. And I really liked when she's like, Hecate must be avenged. Kill the people who killed her. Just very matter-of-fact, very scary. And Flamel's (laughs) like, wow, she's so scary. But I don't want to jump ahead too much... Since we haven't started the next book. But I do want to see if you caught what Dora did to Asia. Because we did get some hints. What Dora did to Sophie, Asia. Did you catch that?
0: Well, I understood that she gave all of her knowledge. Right? Yeah. Through the the mummification process.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah. And I think what's important is all of her knowledge. Because they brought her there to, one, like, help her with the senses. And, two, to teach her air magic. But... She's like, I don't really have enough time to, like, teach you just air magic. So she does this really crazy thing where she actually transfers all of her knowledge, like, everything she knows, both personal and magical, to Sophie. So she actually, Sophie now has parts of her personality from the witch in her. So in the next book, I think we meet Dora's husband. And Sophie's going to know about their relationship, things that no one else would know, because she knows everything from the witch's past. And I think it's going to be a topic of conversation next book. And again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we did get hints of it, but it's a really strange gift. And everyone's kind of like, why would she do that? Like, but it's, it's, I mean, it will also like have a plot purpose that like we'll have another character who knows everything in the Mm -hmm. world, which will help speed up sort of giving exposition. But because we sort of get hints of it a little bit, like when she starts speaking the elder language without knowing it, beforehand
0: yeah i i guess because i understood that like she might have she transferred because it's like almost like she transferred her brain over but i just never would have thought about that she's also transferring like personal information so that's kind of pretty sure
1: she does i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure there's like i think that sophie knows like personal info
0: i mean if she's transferring her whole brain it unless you know adora had that under lock and key somewhere (laughs) in the back of her mind it would probably get sent over too
1: I might be completely wrong. I could be wrong, but I I think that's what happens. I feel like I remember a distinct conversation where Flamel's like, I wonder why she would do that. But anyway, also, I really have to flog this moment where she's like, air is the most powerful magic and others will tell you that it is not, which is really funny because, and again, I'm not going to spoil this. I'm going to let you notice it in the next book, but. It's really, really funny as we go through the next books. And you'll see why that line is really funny. So I can't wait for you to catch on and get the joke. But for anyone who has read before and is reading back, you'll get the joke. So keep an eye on it, Asia.
0: Okay. <laughs> I have to um, give
1: something to the people who have already read.
0: Okay. So then D shows up and he's trying to convince Josh to join him. And he does some really spooky necromancy, but... Sophie and Josh manage to distract him and they end up escaping through the legate and leave Dee in Ohio. Also, I noted that instead of there being like a myth like in Percy Jackson that covers up for the humans, Dee and Dora actually have to explain their own messes to the world. Like Dora talks to the newspaper and Dee cleans it up with his enterprises or whatever since he's super rich.
1: Enoch Enterprises?
0: Yes. And now we can finally talk about Josh. (laughs) So we get a lot of Josh and it starts out okay. Josh talks about he originally saw Nick as an older brother. And so he feels particularly betrayed by him for not telling them the whole truth from the beginning. But when Dee starts making suggestions about not being able to trust Nicholas... I just don't see how Josh could really believe anything he's saying because he has no reason to trust Dee, who has only tried to hurt him and Sophie. And even if he doesn't trust Flamel fully, Flamel has still continued to protect him and Sophie this whole book. Like, he's been putting his life on the line to protect them. So even if you're not sure what his intentions are, obviously he has your best interest over someone like Dee. So I just didn't understand why he was even remotely like smallly being convinced by d like i don't understand why he had any doubt and i just is it because he's so jealous of sophie and her powers like i just i didn't understand any of this
1: keep going lay into him i mean he's a teenager so he's irrational but continue
0: and finally his like i think it's one of his last lines if not his last line of the book before they go through the lay gate He Dee's like, stay, don't go through. And he's like trying to hold him there, you know, so he can't go through. Like the portal will close. And Sophie literally has to come back through the portal to be like, come on. What are you doing? And he says, he's like, you came back for me? And I literally wanted to throw the book across the room because it's your freaking twin sister. Why would she not come back for you? And unlike you, she would never give up on you and she would never abandon you for any reason. Unlike you who as detox, you're like, maybe I should leave her because we're not the same anymore. Like, I don't know. Just. I I just that made me so angry. Like, I don't know if you felt that way when you read it or you knew because it already you've already read it. But I just got so angry.
1: It didn't make me quite as heated, but it definitely is. (laughs) I mean, I like I said, when we first started last week, I always related to Sophie more. And it's part of it has to do with like I never really one understood. Josh's behavior or agreed with it. I completely agree that like I do think that Josh's frustration with Flamel is justified. And maybe Sophie is a little too trusting, but one, I mean, and D was using magic at least at the fountain to convince. So Nick, I'm mean Josh, which is why he's like all woozy, but he has no reason to trust D. We've seen D kill people. We've seen D kill people and do really creepy and evil stuff. And there's just no reason to believe D while there's definitely reason to doubt Flamel, there's no reason to trust D. So just yeah, I like to think of myself as like a pretty rational, like calculating yeah, it's person. Just common
0: and, sense. And yeah,
1: common sense wise, I'm like, while I wouldn't trust Flamel, and I would definitely want more answers, and I would not like there's no reason to trust D at all. So I was I definitely was more frustrated with Josh now than I was the first time I read it, because every time Josh had kind of like a chapter that was about him, I was like, Why are you why are you doubting? Why are you being like don't be yeah. jealous of Sophie. She didn't choose to get awakened first. Hecate exactly. made the decision, and then the tree caught on fire. Like also, Flamella's yeah. gonna get you someone to awaken you. Like, that's not it's not, not gonna happen.
0: Also, maybe I'm so angry because last episode I said that I related to his character mm-hmm. the most because he seems to also like he says he's scared of spiders and seems to be more afraid of things. But I can't be associated with him. Like, he's terrible. He's annoying and problematic. And I hate problematic characters. So, and I think, too, reading the second half of the book, I don't know if it's we just got more with him than we did with Sophie. Or Mm -hmm. I just obviously enjoyed Sophie's perspective more. But, yeah, Josh just seems like he's very... Right now, he's just kind of in this pity party right now because his powers didn't get awakened, which I'm like... I don't know. Also, I'm more of a positive person and what was the word you said earlier to describe? Oh, you said about trusting. Yeah. About that's how what Sophie's I was about to I'm also a more trusting person. So for me, like we talked about the common sense thing, like even though we can't fully trust Flamel, like I would still trust him over D. So like that doesn't make any sense. Whereas like Josh to me, I think maybe his judgment's being clouded because of his jealousy and envy That he can't see, that he, like, decides that he doesn't want to trust Flamel at all. So, like, I don't know. I
1: would agree. I think the lack of trust is what's really frustrating for me in Josh. Not that I'm, I'm, you're much more of a trusting person than I am, generally.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why it made me so angry. Because I'm like, this person's trying to help you. Your situation is unfortunate. But this, like, he's only trying to help you. So why are you so mad at him? Yeah.
1: But the also the willingness, like the immediate assumption that like Sophie thinks he's different now. I'm like, Sophie doesn't think that like if you if you think that she thinks that she's better than you because she's been awakened. One, talk to her. Two, you're about to get awakened, too. And three, that's just like his willingness to just assume that other people are out to get him or that she would change on a dime. Like, you've been twin siblings for 15 years. She's not going to forget about you because you didn't get your magical powers awakened because, again, you were attacked by magical creatures.
0: Yeah, that was also something for me, I think. It was the his lack of loyalty, Mm -hmm. which I'm also a very loyal person. And I just, it's your twin sister. You've been together your whole lives. And just because her powers got awakened, not based on her choice. Now you're going to start doubting her and your relationship with her. Like I was just, that also made me very angry because I was just like, that to me is irrational at that point that you're letting your jealousy of her ruin your entire relationship with her. That's why I said that last line, You came back for me Yeah, that was really bad. Idiotic. Also,
1: we've (laughs) already been told that his aura is more rare than hers. He's got a gold aura. They're even more rare, even more powerful. Like, he's been told, and if he'd been paying attention, like I was when I was reading it, if he'd been paying attention, he could have seen that he's actually about to be way better off than her. Like, he's going to be more talented and have more capabilities than her because his aura is more rare.
0: Did they tell him that? Yeah, the, they told Scatty was like
1: the gold is more rare. King Tut was the last one who had one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. that's
1: the other thing, I'm like, even if you don't trust Flamel, trust Scatty, because she's giving you only reason to trust her and only reason to like her. And she's like, I trust Flamel.
0: But she's a vampire and he judges books by their cover, so he doesn't trust even her. Even though he's that's never bitten so-
1: any she's never bitten anyone.
0: That's also something I don't like the I mean, it, I can see that because even like Sophie is more accepting of, even though she's still confused and wants more answers and doesn't know what's going on, she's, she, even like when they, they talked about it earlier in the book about how she's like, Josh doesn't think before he speaks. Mm-hmm. He just throws out whatever pops in his head. He just says, which is just like, I'm also not like that. So what my conclusion is I was mistaken when I thought I was relating to Josh. I want nothing to do with him. I hate him. Goodbye. We save your character.
1: (laughs) Wow. Poor thing. (laughs) Anyway, I think that, you know, that... Okay, so we've...
0: Oh, yeah. Are we done with Josh? (laughs) We're done with Josh. So moving on, we get to the end of the book. Our crew is now in France. And Paranel is on Alcatraz with the Sphinx. And the Sphinx can drain her auric energy. So she's really trapped there.
1: Yeah. And... I think she's going to be there for a while. Like I said, I think it's going to be the next two books. Because I definitely know that book three, the sorceress, is named after her. That's 100% her. Because there's only two that are named after women. And she is the sorceress. And Sophie is book six, the enchantress. So I know that book three is a lot of Perenelle stuff. So I think that's her still on Alcatraz. But I could be wrong. Do you have any questions? Anything else I can answer?
0: That was all I was wondering because at the end of the book, they just kind of give a little peek into what's happening to her, and I was just like, "How is she going to escape if she can't use her powers? Like, are Nick and the rest of them going to have to rescue her?" But I mean, you don't necessarily have to answer my question because I'm sure we're going to find these things out. I mean, in the next couple of books. I don't want
1: to spoil too much, but I'm pretty. I can feel. I feel confident telling you and again i'm also like not remembering it that much cuz she's definitely like until she rejoins the crew she's very much like a b plot but if i remember correctly i think she does it all by herself because she is a boss and she doesn't need help from anyone and that's like
0: crazy so i can't yeah, wait for that all i can't of her wait chapters for chapters cuz Pren- there's Caronelle. not that many
1: of them but her chapters are always awesome because you're like she is so cool and she's like 600 years old yeah but i think that that's a good place to wrap it up Also, like,
0: they have to – well, wait. One last thing I wanted to talk about. You said how it would make sense that the whole series would take place in about a week because, obviously, this first book was only two days. And I was just thinking about the fact that, like, Nicholas and Perenelle, like, they're going to die. That's part of it. If they don't (laughs) figure it out. So it would make sense that it's short because they already said, like, they're aging. They only have a a month before they'd have to redo the potion. But also the idea of them using their powers is making them age – faster. So it would make sense that this would only be in a week. I mean, that's still crazy to me, especially since the last series you read, Percy Jackson was like five years or four years because it was only happened in the summer primarily. But if
1: you think about it, each event in that series only took a week.
0: Yeah. So it's just that there was like the fast forward of time, whereas with this, there won't be that. It'll just get... It's still different because like you're saying, in Percy Jackson, each book was a week. So even if you said the whole book series was like about a month or six weeks this whole series is gonna be you said like
1: it's like two weeks i think yeah
0: like two weeks which is crazy
1: and but our like our characters do start older too which helps percy jackson like when he starts he's 12
0: oh for sure because i feel like there's they still obviously have some room to like grow up but not nearly as much as starting with like 12 year olds
1: yeah but I think we can wrap it up, so we can get into the next book for the series.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: next week we'll move on to the second book, which is the magician. And I can't remember which one that is. I think maybe D is the magician. I can't be wrong. It doesn't I really matter. It I doesn't affect. The d book. was
0: the necromancer.
1: I think. Wouldn't I the ma- maybe the
0: magician somebody knew?
1: It might be that. That's the other thing. Is the other character that one of my favorite characters is coming in next book? He might be the magician, but. I might be wrong. Anyway, we're going to be covering The Magician, chapters 1 through 27. So if you do read along, read up to there.
0: And if you have any predictions, theories, or questions, remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the Nerd Party website. You can head over to nerdparty.com slash contact and select throwback paperback. You can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at joinnerdparty or on Instagram at thenerdparty or facebook.com slash thenerdparty. To find me, I'm at AsiaBonia on Twitter and at Asia.bonia on Instagram.
1: And I'm at CE Sheeland on both Twitter and Instagram. And neither of us is really very much very active on Twitter. We're both Instagram people. But we do tweet about the show. And the author of the series, Michael Scott, he responded to our tweet about the last episode. So I was freaking out because as I said, I read these books when I was in like 10 years ago. So I've always had a have had a special place in my heart. And the fact that he was, like, we were having a little bit of, like, a tweet chain. I don't know if that's what that's called. I don't, again, don't really understand A thread. Twitter. I a think thread. it's called a thread. Thank you. See, I don't a know chain. Twitter. I don't know it's- social media. But we were having a thread back and forth. And he said that right now they're planning on turning the, t- the book series into a TV show. There was always a discussion about movies, but that they want to do one season per book.
0: That's just like what Percy Jackson is doing. On exactly. Plus, which is great because way you better. get way more content and they can fully make, remake the book.
1: Yeah. I mean, we I mentioned this earlier, like the Golden Compass, when they made the first movie and it was really bad and they never built it. I'm, since then, I've watched both of the two seasons of the Golden Compass TV show that they made, which was excellent. And they did a season per book. And I'm really, really excited And he said that. And I was like, I cannot wait for this to come out. Asia and I will be watching Percy Jackson. We'll be watching The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Fomel. We still need to watch Birds. We've got so much to watch. But (laughs) anyway, we're really excited about that. And, you know, it sounds like he's interested in the podcast too, which is really awesome. But make sure that if you enjoyed this, rate and review the podcast. Share it with your friends. Of course, check out the other awesome podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss us next week.
0: Yes, hit that subscribe and have a good one. We'll see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.